leaders. What keeps you up at night? Welcome to The Sweet Spot, the podcast series that expands the traditional term of what a boss is to tackle some of the most important issues in business. From business as usual and growing your market to everyday leadership issues or handling one in 100 year events, we aim to provide ongoing inspiration and education for CEOs, founders, management, shareholders and leaders of every stripe. The Sweet Spot is the future of work and business. Hi, I'm Lashan Trivedi, and in today's episode, I will be speaking with Les Mills Creative Director, Kylie Gates. As a creative director, Kylie works closely with Les Mills Program Directors to shape the music and the moves that feature in new releases which are created every three months. Kylie also has a key role as the Body Pump Head Program Coach which means she mentors and inspires instructors to reach their full potential. This passion for ongoing education and development has led Kylie to develop Liz Mills' new advanced training for instructors. Listen on from Kylie as she tells us what makes Liz Mills a global leader in the fitness industry. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kylie. You're welcome. Pleasure. My pleasure. I just wanted to sort of start off by talking about your journey. Today, you've inspired millions, you know, around the world. And I kind of wanted to know where all of this began from and where your fitness uh, journey started from. My fitness journey probably started when I was a child uh, through dancing. I started dancing when I was about nine um, and just completely got hooked into it. Had always been really good at sport, actually, um, even from a young age, but then got involved in dancing I became a a student teacher at 14, uh, teaching the little ones. And I loved, um, yeah, I loved helping other people get it and feel good about it. And I think that has obviously progressed onto my uh, 30 years in the fitness industry. But then I I actually became a professional dancer and I did that um, after I left school. And I did, I traveled the world with that for about seven years. And then uh, then I came home and I just back in Perth, Australia, and then discovered a aerobics in those days. And uh, the the teachers at the time really encouraged me to do my uh, training to be an instructor. So it was more uh, freestyle training before Les Mills. And um, so that's kind of when I started. So I was about 25 when I started and um really haven't looked back. And over the years at my, you know, I started as a aerobics instructor. I remember my father asking me when I was going to get a real job. And I said, but I really love this. This is something I can make a career out of. And then I sort of was probably a little bit wanting to show him that I could make a career out of this. Um, and luckily I did. And yeah, 30, this is my 30th year of teaching. So, and I still love it. That's absolutely incredible. And um, when did your sort of journey start with Les Mills? Was that when you were sort of training aerobics and getting into the professional training? Yes, it was in 95, um, 1995, I went to Sydney. I'd been living in Sydney uh, because I wanted to, I wanted to get better as an instructor. So, and a lot of the great instructors were in Sydney, based in Sydney, and I was based in Perth. So I went over there for a year and kind of burnt myself out (laughs) and did lots and lots of classes. I think I used to teach like 25 classes a week. So it was a lot, Um, (laughs) too many, too many, but I kind of wanted to throw myself into it. 
um, at the end of that sort of year, I was going to head back to Perth and I went to the Phylex Fitness Convention in Sydney. And um, that's the first time I saw Body Pump. And it completely blew me away. It was like, wow, this is cool, doing weights to music, you know, with a barbell. And uh, one of my colleagues was um, from Perth and he said, are you going to come back? And I said, yes. And he sort of said, well, you know, why don't you be a, a be the trainer for Body Pump? And I was like, great. <laughs> it just all sort of <laughs> happened. Um, so I became an instructor and a trainer at the same time. And and so we took it all around um, WA and, and then... Um, yeah, lots of other things. But, yeah, so that's kind of when I started with Les Mills um, was Body Pump. Uh, yeah, so I guess it was 1996. Yeah, so a long time. Was that when sort of Body Pump um, and, like, weights in general were getting more introduced into the fitness industry? They were becoming more famous? and Yeah, so prior to that, there was, like, a class that I used to teach with little hand weights and I still see people walking like outside and they've got their hand weights. And I love that because it's cool. You know, it's, it's like what they do. But we, we sort of had a class um, called New Body or, you know, maybe it was called Abs, Bums and Thumb, you know, like they have all those different sort of names. So it's basically a toning class. And uh, that was very popular in the um, old of freestyle days, but nothing with weights like this. So this was quite revolutionary. It really, um, and it, and it just got women lifting weights, which is a really big, big thing because women need to lift weights. We need to get strong. And, and I had also been of the mentality around cardio, lots and lots of cardio, you know, three or four hours a day. It's like, you know, but that's not good for you. And plus you're probably going to get injured. Um, so, when we actually launched Body Pump in in Perth, um, we were on the we were on the TV and everything. The very first class I did was at Lord Sports Club in Perth, and uh, we had a hundred people in the room because it was a big studio, and uh, it was it was a big deal, you know, because it was revolutionary to the fitness industry, um, and and Australia was the first country um, once once uh, Lesmos International took it international um it sort of went australia and then sort of into europe and then it just spread and um i mean the rest is history it's in you know over 80 countries around the world it's the number one program it's um yeah thousands millions of people do it every week you know and uh it's it's just such a great class and i still i just think it gets better and better actually from where it was but it was definitely a really big big deal in those days because women were able to go in like uh, go into the weights room and I think that's the you know it was sort of that uh stigma is that only men lift weights and now women could lift weights and the biggest thing is you know it completely changed my body (laughs) I think for me the big catch was the fact that I had experienced it myself and firsthand and then I could pass that on to the members you know I was already fairly high profile because I was a a freestyle presenter, but there was such a big buy-in from women because they were like, well, Kylie's doing it, so, okay, I'm going to try it. And then they saw the change in my body shape. They're like, okay, I'm going to do it, you know. And, um, yeah, because I think, you know, it, it sort of was new and no one really knew what it was going to do and how, yeah, how it would impact you and your fitness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's great because it's almost about women empowerment. Yeah, it gives you – so for Pump, for me, uh, it really has that – it gives me that inner strength, 
you know, yes, it get, makes you strong and makes your body strong. But um, for me, it's more about how it makes me feel. And it's really that, as you say, it is empowering and it makes you feel strong from the inside out, I think is the, the key. Uh, yeah. But so that's a, it's a, it was a really big shift, mind shift in the fitness industry for, for women particularly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you do that, the deadlift, deadlift, right? Am I saying the, above your head? The clean and press. It's the most powerful move we have in body pump. Yeah. And it integrates the lower body and the upper body. And there's this sense, I mean, I taught this morning, there's a sense of, um, you know, real representing strength and feeling strong. And um, I think it's a combination of the movement, the music, and then the motivation from the instructor. So it's all those things working together. And, you know, it creates a mindset for people. It really does create a mindset. You know, I teach a lot in the morning and my goal is always to make people feel empowered and 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 have a good mindset so they can go and really choose healthy things through the day, you know, because they're feeling strong. They've just done this great workout. It's like you're not going to go mess it up and, and eat really bad. You're going to eat well. You're going to just stay um, with that inner strength all day and um, knowing that you've done something really good for yourself I think is important too. Because I think women particularly need to, um, you know, they, they, we're always giving, <laughs> you know, so it's, t- it's like giving to yourself when you have this time out and not to feel that, um, you know, feel like you're being selfish or, you know, you should be doing something else. It's like, no, this is your time to rejuvenate, you know, whether it's whatever it is, whatever sort of exercise it is, but it is your time to rejuvenate and then you can have compassion for yourself and then, you know, then you have more for other people yeah. and then your relationships get better. Everything gets better, you know, yeah. when you, when you have that, that great mindset. So I think yeah. there's, there's so many factors that come out of doing a group fitness class. <laughs> for listeners that don't know, you know, Les Mills mm-hmm. releases new releases every three months and it's pre-planning for the new releases is pretty much ongoing and done in advance. Um, and obviously you're the creative director. Tell us more in detail about what is your role as a creative director? So the creative director is, um, as my manager says, it's uh, Jackie Mills, is that I do the edits. So we have program directors who, and, and we also have choreographers as well, and they actually, you know, start with the music. I have a little bit of input in the music as well. We also have a music team. It's a lot more... Uh, I guess what we're doing now in 2020 is a lot more of a collaborative approach where we have a lot of people putting into the creative team. I'm sort of sitting in, in, I have about five programs under me. And so ultimately the product lands with me. Um, But we have a lot of people in that mix to create the music. Uh, That's obviously the starting um, point. That's the platform that they work from. And then they start to, they get inspired by the music. So the music will you know, um, inspire them to do a certain move or, um, yeah, it, it, that's definitely the starting point. And the music is what moves the exercise sort of thing. And then they start creating and, um, all, all the programs are a little bit different in how they operate. So, uh, so say the CX work product, um, you know, what we do is Dan and Diana and I all work together. Um, it's a collaborative approach where they'll sort of come up with ideas. Then they might show me or, um, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And then we work it together. Some of the products, they, they like to get it all right and they want to have a full class before they show me. Um, but basically I do the edits. So I, 
look after the promise of the product. So if we're going to say this is a yoga-based program, body balance, uh, and then we need to be honoring that. And just make sure because the choreographers and program directors are very creative and sort of it's easy to go off on, you know, like the latest trend sort of thing. So it's like anyone can sort of go down what I call a bit of a rabbit hole and then you're like, ah, you know, that's not really where we want to go with the direction of the product. So always kind of planning a little bit ahead and we do obviously plan three months ahead. So, um, yeah, it's just just kind of looking after it, making sure it's going in the right direction, shaping it. Um, Yeah, just – and and with the choreography, that's kind of the editing. So I will say suggest edits – um, there might be a bit of going back and forward on that because <laughs> uh, not everyone wants the edit. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the person that the um, the product falls back on, you know, so I've got to look after it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah, but good. But it is, it's definitely um, a collaborative approach because it's not just one person's opinion. I think it's this is definitely where we've got to as a company. We're really all about now trying to get as many heads you know, and, and as many heads in the, in the room, because that makes a better product. It's just as simple as that. It just makes it better when we've got, you know, other people sort of questioning. And I think it's when you've been doing something for a long time, it's easy to sort of think, oh, that's the way we've already always done it. We've always done like this. And Diana Mills has been someone that's really influenced me over the last um, five or six years in that she's really stepped into this creative space and as one of the choreographers and program directors. And she would challenge me and that, you know, yeah, let's change it up. Let's try something else. And she's completely, she's she's got some big, big ideas and she really goes way off left field. And I think that's good for me. You know, that's good, um, particularly if someone like myself that has been in the industry a long time and you just sort of think, oh, well, this, this works. Why would we not just keep doing it like this? But sometimes it's, it's good to have fresh eyes. I think that's important um, to keep the product growing, to keep it moving forward. So yeah, so that's kind of my role um, as creative director. I wear lots of different hats. Um, I do the coaching as well. And uh, then I just have a lot to do with Lesmos On Demand. Um, there's so many parts of the business. So, mm. yeah, the creative um, directing is kind of because it works in a three-month cycle, it's um, really intense for kind of six weeks in that space. And that's when we're creating and, um, you know, lots of, and oh, doing lots of exercise <laughs> as well. Fun, Sometimes you get, a bit, fun. you get a bit tired in that <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need a rest. Okay. Yeah. I know I'm going to have six weeks where it's going to be a bit lighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Les Mills as a brand, I mean, it started in Aotearoa and it's kind of grown into this global industry leader. You touched on this a little bit, but I guess what do you attribute this global success to personally for you? What has made Les Mills so successful globally? I actually do think there's a couple of factors, really key things. And I think because I haven't been living in New Zealand since it you know, got launched, I was in Australia. So I guess I've got a couple of different perspectives. So I can see it from afar and then can see it obviously, you know, with my role now and being and living in New Zealand. So I, I really feel the first thing is that it's a system and it's a system that works. 
So as an instructor, you get this incredible loyalty from people because they know every three months they're going to be in the system and, you know, the product is, um, is you know, world-class. It's right up there. It's such a great product. So I think for as an instructor, and I could speak from that place, is that you there's predictability within this sort of package system that that works and churns out every three months. So you know you're going to get something that's kind of predictable but unpredictable at the same time. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that as an instructor. We have this incredible community of instructors. They, to be honest, when I first started Body Pump, I didn't know if it was going to last or I thought it could be a fad. There'd been so many fads through the fitness industry And I actually didn't know if it was going to last. And then it just built this momentum and then it just, just went crazy. It just went worldwide. And it was like, um, whoa, this is really taken off, you know? And, and then obviously, you know, 30 years later, it's like, whoa, it's still going. And, and it's only just started almost. It's like, it's just started because of the, the virtual, the lesbians on demand, but I think um, from an instructor point of view, we have loyalty and uh, without reason, I say that. It's loyalty without reason. It's kind of just this, you just fall in love with it. And we have this amazing community of, of instructors who support each other and, um, you know, learn from each other. And so I think there's that side of it. I think um, the biggest thing about the products is that they are results driven. So a lot of our products are um we work with science. So like the CX works program, we designed that through science. We just didn't think, oh, let's just do some setups and, you know, work the six pack. It's like, no, let's think about, you know, the core and the structure of the core and thinking about the, the, the slings and the, the back of the body. And then we designed a class that was optimal for core, um, you know, to get the results from the core. And I think the same with the pump, we've done so many studies on what we do and we're, basically the only group fitness company in the world that that run all these studies. We have our own research department. So that's the biggest thing for us is we have this, the products work, you know, people actually want to get results. You know, it's nice to be in a great community, but also people want to get results. So I think there's um, from kind of the consumer point of view, that's what it is. And, and then with our products from a club perspective, all the clubs get all the marketing. There's so much backing behind what we do. So there's all the, you know, the backstory that um, instructors don't really see, but they might just see the marketing or see things. But there's so much support for the clubs. So because if you know Jackie and Philip Mills, the founders of the company, they're, they're just about creating a fitter planet. I mean, that's their whole that's their whole ethos. It's all all about that and um, getting people moving their bodies. So yeah, we've got you know from from I guess the instructor, the consumer, and then the club sort of looking at it. There's that that would be why this has created so much momentum and continues to. That's one thing that I love. Whenever I attend a CX or body pump or body attack. Mm the commentary that the instructors give you in the sense that, you know, make sure that you're getting the full range or make sure that you're working these, make sure that this muscle works. And that that goes back to our instructor system and, um, you know, how we train instructors. Um, so we look at, you know, so there's parts of the, and that's changed over the years immensely, but there's obviously um, that education piece 
we want, you know, as human beings, we kind of want to get better at something. We don't want to just keep doing something and never sort of getting better. You, you, you want to see even if it's very small improvements. You know, people come and tell me, oh, I lifted, you know, I lifted one more kg today. Did you see me? You know, it's that sort of thing. They want to, they want to improve. So we really train instructors um, firstly on that connection piece to really uh, care about the people. Because if you don't have respect and care for the people in your classes, then you know, they're not going to listen to you. So they have to know that you care about them and want them to be successful. And then um, are all around that motivation, because we believe that group fitness is is motivating. You know, it's the thing where you can go in and work your core for 30 minutes, whereas if you try to, you know, do it at home, you probably <laughs> stop after five minutes. You know, it's the energy of the music and the people and, and everything that combined that allows you to you know keep going and the motivation from the instructor is a really big part and the music and then the education so we sort of look at and we train instructors from those those sort of avenues um yeah to to really uh, make the class come alive and make it as philip mill says exertainment (laughs) so you're kind of you know you are we're in the business of motivation Absolutely. And that's why for people, it's, it's a really, you know, they're addicted to coming to classes. And if they had to think about doing a workout on their own, it's always like, oh, they've got an excuse. (laughs) Whereas, you know, they go to the class, everything's done for them, they just rock up and next minute they're swept away. Yeah, no, and I think motivation is a big thing. And I guess with you being in the industry for so long, have you seen uh, a shift in people's motivations in the sense that has technology played a role in it? Do you see any sort of uh, trends shifting in in motivation and and technology and how that sort of impacts exercise? It's been really interesting with the COVID and um, lucky for us, we uh, have got lesmos on demand and have had that for a few years but obviously with the COVID that's really impacted us and on a a good level so um and I guess you know for a lot of people here in New Zealand uh just speaking to the members they're kind of like wow I didn't even know that product existed and they're actually really enjoying doing a mix of workouts at home uh because it's convenient they're probably already you know that 20 or 30 percent that are fully motivated anyway so it's kind of easy for them to just, you know, like switch on and do and do a workout at home. Um, and then there's some people that just really want that connection piece. So they come to the gym, you know, they're like, oh, no, I didn't really like that. You know, Lesmos on Demand was great when I had to be locked in the house. But now that I can, you know, get about, I want to go to the gym because they have it. It's a real social connection going mm. to the gym, you know. Mm. So I think technology in itself is is huge I think for me personally um, I I do associate the gym with work so when I want to do a workout I just do it at home and I love the convenience of that and you know even to go and um, try other especially over the COVID I was sort of trying other little workouts and things um, competing brands you know other brands to see sort of what was going on and um, you know we we are definitely up there as I think the world leaders, <laughs> but, um, yeah, in that, in that sort of motivation space, but I do think, yeah, it's definitely also for instructors, we're training instructors online. Um, and that's something that we've been sort of forced to do, but it's been so incredible. The uh, feedback has been amazing and it's something we're going to continue, um, because it really creates a safe environment for 
for people to learn learn in um, and they don't feel that competitive sort of vibe that can sometimes happen in a live setting. So I think technology, I mean, it's it's only just started. I really feel like this is the future for fitness in a good way, but I still think club level is so amazing. You know, you can't um, like just having that face-to-face interaction, you know, and also being able to help someone in the flesh, you know, whereas if you've got a um, Lismos on demand, you're just watching the same same thing all the time. So they're really appreciating the connections that you have from the live classes, the members now. But I do think, you know, um, we're actually doing our, our global summit online in a couple of weeks, which goes around to we've opened it up to all the instructors as well because we want to, especially at this time around the globe, um, just for them to feel connected to us. So, look, it's it's the way of the future and I think it's always going to be, um, yeah, it's just going to be huge for us. It's going to be an amazing thing and I think it's, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. I never would have thought I'd be doing exercise on, you know, <laughs> like on these platforms. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's so cool. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, everyone's got a preference to what they like and depending on their situation, you know. Mm. Um, I had a lady in my class this morning I hadn't seen for a while and I sort of smiled at her and then she came up at the end. She said, oh, I've been so busy with my job but I've been doing on-demand. You know, she said, oh, I feel like I've been seeing you because I've, I've been doing the on-demand classes. But she said, she said, but this was amazing. She said, nothing beats that live class, you know. So I think it's, I think it's really dependent on the individual but it's definitely going to help our industry and, you know, not just our industry but many industries is having that access to technology, yeah. With most industries, um, the fitness world is competitive and, and with mm. the rise of social media and Facebook and Instagram, I mean, how hard is it not to compare yourself to others and why for you is authenticity um, and, and being true to yourself so important, especially in a time like this? Um, I would probably say that I have years on years. <laughs> I don't know. When I was younger, there wasn't any social media. Um, and so I, I actually do think it's um, it can be challenging, especially for, you know, for, yeah, just it could be, I'm not going to say it's age because it's not really an age thing. It's just depending on where you're at. For me personally, um, I, you know, I only really started my Instagram account five, six years ago when I came to Auckland. So, um, and that was, uh, to enhance our brand. And it is, I use my Instagram account for, um, you know, more, more so for work, but I, I obviously show my, my personal side, but I really show the stuff that's important to me. And that is to be authentic. That's to be a leader. That's to be a strong coach. And I want to share that and inspire people. Um, and that's, I know that my followers, um, people that follow me enjoy that. Uh, but I guess there is that side of social media that can be really negative. I don't really experience that myself, um, possibly because I'm in a different demographic, but certainly there could be, you know, I've just never, I just never grew up like that. I never grew up comparing myself. I was a dancer. So there is kind of, I guess, that element of, oh, you know, um, that person is better than me. I had a really great teacher who taught me from a young age that just worry about yourself. 
Just focus on yourself. You don't have to be looking to the side all the time. My motto is about looking forward and moving forward. I never kind of look out to the sides because that for me is comparison. And I think we're all unique and we all have different strengths. And it's like, just, you know, use like, yeah, come from your strengths, come from what you're, you're really good at and what you're excelling at. And that's, that's kind of the, the science behind um, psychology now is, you know, is to coach people from their strengths rather than looking at what they don't have is look at what they do have. So that's always been my, my thing. And I continue to, to just keep learning. Um, that's a really big focus for me. Uh, it's one of my values is to keep learning and growing um, so that I can keep contributing. So that's, that's kind of my, what my why is. Um, and I think, you know, you're only, yeah, you just got to keep, keep improving. Every day gives you an opportunity to, to be a better person uh, and, and learn something, you know. You've worked with so many people across the world, training with them, mentoring them, coaching them. Uh, what have you sort of learned um, in working with different people, um, especially when it comes to, you know, diversity? And like you mentioned before, that when you do the six week, you know, you're designing the program, it's all about collaboration. How important mm. is diversity within the business? Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's really big for us. It's a huge component of what we do. And we actually have so much diversity in the business. Definitely from a, a point of view of um, our products, we, um, we have really stepped into that space a lot over the last five or six years. And, um, you know, I might, myself personally, I lived in Asia for a long time. Uh, I've, and I was working for the Les Mills Asia Pacific branch. So we sort of had Australia and Asia together. And it's, I just, I mean, for me, I just see people. So it's, it, it doesn't matter where they come from. It's, we all love this thing that we do and we share that love. And it's about everyone having a voice, um, expressing, you know, themselves and, and adding value in what whatever way they want. So, yeah, it's a really, really open collaborative space. Uh, I've been to a couple of your classes and they're amazing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to know what sort of your everyday routine looks like and how do you find that, you know, work and life, life balance? So I am uh, fairly lucky, I would say, in the fact that kind of the teaching classes is, is um, part of my job as well because obviously keeping my skills up. But in saying that, I do try and separate my classes from my day job uh, just simply because I do like to train in the morning, like at 6 a.m., crazy time, <laughs> and uh, do my workout and then it's done. And then like today I've done my workout. Um, I will probably do some yoga later this afternoon and uh and that way I'll just wind down after the day because um, I'm going to be sort of at, at my desk today and in meetings and things. So it's a good way to just wind down. Um, and then I do do a couple of lunchtime classes and uh, two sort of early evening classes. But, I mean, my routine, I teach seven classes a week and that's a mix of body pump and CX Works, our core program, and then Body Balance, which is our yoga program. So I have a good balance of strength, cardio, and uh, mobility. And then for myself, I do, I've been doing this now for quite a few years, is I do twice a week, I do the GREP program, which is the high intensity. So 
what that gives us, and we've done a lot of research on that one, and so two is the optimum number of classes you should try and aim for, but it really gives you that uh, it works into the fast twitch fibres. So I guess as we get older, it's important that we can move quickly and uh, respond quickly, you know. So say if you were under, you know, a beam that was going to fall on you that you could get out of the way, you know. So sort of for life is why I do it. Not so much for performance um, anymore, but a little bit just to to keep me um, fit. And I actually enjoy the challenge that I can think I can still do it. (laughs) Um, And so it's, yeah, this this class was created for the millennial base, but for Mm me, um, I'm definitely not in the millennial base. Mm -hmm. So, but it's a great challenge to kind of still push myself at that level. And then, so I do that twice a week. So that's an hour of training. And then any spare time that I have, I would be doing yoga. (laughs) It's kind of the thing that I love to do. Uh, I would definitely say, I yeah, I definitely do less training than that I've ever done. Uh, But I think now I just listen to my body more and know after years and years, I know what my body needs. Mm. And often it actually just needs recovery more than pushing it. Yeah. Um, I used, yeah, because I've been through all those phases of sort of overtraining and doing lots of cardio and all those things. Um, and the other thing is you can't out-train a bad diet. So for me, it's it's never just about exercise. It's about, it's holistically looking at it. So, you know, um, through, and that's why I do the body, the yoga and the meditation and the body balance, because it really helps with my mind obviously with your body, it's great, but it's, it's more of a mind thing for me. Uh, and, and then, yeah, just having that holistic approach. So it's, it's, you know, from the inside out. Mm. And I know that exercise, a lot of people, um, go to do it because they want to lose weight or they want to shape their body. But I think it's really, for me, is about what makes you feel good. What makes you feel good when you're doing it? And if it doesn't make you feel good, then maybe find something else because I, I don't think you'll stick at it. You know, I think why have I stuck at this for so long is because it just makes me feel good, you know, and that's sort of from the inside out. And if it didn't make me feel good, I would I would change it up. I'd do something else, you know. Yeah. But I do have a good mix of um, not overtraining in one thing and I think that's also the key, Yeah. just mixing it up, having a good balance of, of the different workouts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, and, you know, people always say, you know, mind over matter and um, pushing yourself. But I think, is there such thing as pushing yourself too much? And how important, I guess, is it to find that balance? Like, if- It is important. I really believe it is important because there is that, uh, you know, I guess is going into more the where your cortisol levels are, so your stress levels. And if you're always doing cardio, then they never have time to recover. You know, so you're always running sort of on that, um, always in the, in the flight mode. So in that fight mode. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just a fine balance. So, I I mean, my thing is I say to people, just educate yourself, just, you know, everything's on Google these days. It's kind of like, just look it up and find out what happens if you do too much cardio, you know? Um, so it's, it's really, it is, it's finding the balance. And I think we're all different. We're all unique and we all, have a different operating system and we all, you know, not just through our mind, but through our body. And yeah, I think it's finding the thing that's right for you. And that takes a while, you know, that takes time because sometimes you, you're doing something because your friends are doing it or, you know, things like that. But it's 
For me, exercise is a habit. So it's not something I think about doing. It's just, I get up and I do it. It's like brushing your teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that personally I struggle with fluctuating motivation. So, you know, some days I would be like, going on 6k runs every day and then I'll have a whole week where I'm just like I just want to rest do you have any like tips for for fluctuating motivation (laughs) I think it's probably those I've always done really small goals we did a session yesterday and they asked me about goal setting I said I've you know I'm like an everyday goal or um maybe the week that'd be it I really don't go huge big goals and I'm gonna do this or yeah Um, I just, I've always been a small goal person because I like to be in the present moment and just enjoy what's happening today, you know, what's happening tomorrow. But I think what can help is to just have those small goals. So it might be like, I'm going to move my body for half an hour, 30 minutes every day. So that's my goal, right? And then, then it's important to listen to your body. So it might be, okay, well, if I know if I go and do a run every day, by the next week, I won't be doing it because my body will be so tired or I'll start to get an injury. So it's like, do something. So if I'm going to do running, it might be three days a week with a rest day in between or doing something else in between. And that's the key because I've, through teaching classes, there's been times where I've had to do a certain class two or three times in that day and then do it again the next day. And sure enough, I'll I'll start to get an injury. So it's, it's kind of, you know, the exercise is not designed to just do over and over and over. It's like mix it up, do something different um, and, and then try something different. And you have to sort of give it a, a bit of a go, you know, rather than just doing it once and thinking, oh, that's not for me. It's kind of just persevere with it a little bit. But I think it's that, that small goal, like of just even 15 minutes, um, we're doing some really cool uh, little workouts on demand, which is like the workout of the day. And they're only 20 minutes. And I think, well, sometimes you could just do it in your your clothes that you have for work. You just do it, you know. Uh, You're not going to get too sweaty and then you could just go back to your day. But at least it it breaks that cycle of just sitting at your desk or, you know, whatever it is you're doing. And it gives you a little bit of exercise. And the other thing is also just making um, exercise kind of in in your life, like walking, so that, you know, you park the car a certain place and then you can walk to work. So all of that, because walking is amazing. I mean, it's just so good. Everyone un- underestimates walking. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a great, it's a great exercise and I love it. Um, for me personally, I like just walking, no headphones, just, just listening to nature. Yeah. yeah. Just being I, outside. I would have never thought about going for a run pre-COVID because obviously okay. I had Les Mills on demand. I had, I was going to all the classes, but yes. obviously when level, when, you know, lockdown happened, I didn't have access or obviously I had on demand, but I was stuck at home all day. So then I started running and I'm like, wow, you know, this is actually yeah. not that bad. It's, it's a bit yeah. scary first, you know, going out there and seeing everyone walking around and running and struggling. But, um, I think, I think, you know, always changing it up a little bit and, and doing something new, I guess. Yeah, totally. I know a lot of people actually begun new exercise regimes yeah. <laughs> through the, through the lockdown. And, you know, as you say, like running, it could have been like, oh, I've never tried this before. And then you do it. It's like, okay, it's not so bad. Mm. Um, and that might be something that stays with you. I mean, I've d- certainly had lots of um, 
there's been lots of great learnings from the COVID that I'm keeping for sure. It's great. And it's, um, it's so fascinating how quickly your body changes. Cause I remember when I, the first couple of days I couldn't, you know, I was struggling to make it past three or four kilometers. And then mm. now I can do six K, you know, and mm. feel good and, and, you know, mm. feel energized almost. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of, um, we've just released a six week challenge on the Lesmos on demand. And that is, you know, there's one for beginners and there's one for sort of intermediate and one for more advanced people. And, you know, you don't just go smack bang into it. It's kind of a progression. And that's the key. Um, I think we all become very um, gun ho. <laughs> so sort of like, I want to get, I want to get this now. I want to have my fitness up here. But it's like, just know that it will slowly happen. And that's actually probably a better way of doing it because you'll, you'll stick at it. You'll, you'll become more accountable for yourself. And, um, you know, and, and there's so many strategies that you can use, like having a, having a buddy to train with, you know, things like that. That's always great. Um, you know, telling someone what your goal is, sharing that with other people, you know, just to make yourself accountable. Um, yeah, so there's so many different ways um, to stay motivated, but I think the key is not to overdo it so that you next week you'll want to do a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that kind of leads me to my final question. There's been a lot of trend recently um, mm. on YouTube and just with celebrities in general about sharing what they eat in a day. <laughs> mm. Would you mind sharing with us what you sort of eat in a day and if you have what what sort of your cheat meals are? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so for me, um, I tend to eat food. Um, I don't have a lot of, uh, I guess it's, um, yeah, try not to have too much stuff that comes from packets. Um, that's kind of a big thing. So uh, you know, just eating real food. I do, I cook a lot and, um, I have vegetables at every meal. So morning, uh, and I pretty much only eat three meals. I don't snack a lot. So I've got, you know, my, my, the way I've eaten has changed over the years and I used to snack a lot. I just have like small little snacks all the time and not a lot of big meals. Whereas now it kind of suits me to have, uh, bigger meals. Um, morning. Yeah. And then, uh, mid afternoon, I sort of have something and then in the evening, but it's mostly, um, I do eat meat and uh, chicken fish is my favorite. Um, but yeah, just, just like a protein, um, low carb, I am low carb, so I don't have a, a lot of carbs. Um, I'm pretty much gluten-free because so gluten-free, um, you can still have carbs, but, um, I just don't have wheat. So it doesn't agree with my stomach. So I tend to have everything low carb, have some kumara or um, I make a nice paleo bread. (laughs) So I have that. Um, Yeah, but just real food, I think, is the big thing. And often I might think I might be hungry, but I'll usually be thirsty. So it's just being making sure that you're not dehydrated. Yeah, so often we can think that we're actually hungry, but it's actually just that you're thirsty. So I always sort of say like, often I'll just have water and, um, and then like two hours later, I'll be like, no, I wasn't hungry at all. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, but I do have a sort of set time that I do eat. So I kind of know that I can go usually for about four to five hours on the meal that I've had, but I always have a good amount of protein 
and a good amount of carbohydrate and um, fats. I eat a lot of healthy fats. So avocado, um, some oils, you know, coconut oil I have a lot of. Um, yeah, just really good good fats. So it's kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's just. A balanced diet. It's, yeah. It is balanced. It is. And I guess if I don't, you know, I'm thinking about a treat would be um, sausage roll. Oh, yeah. Now that's, but that's, yeah, but it has to be like a homemade sausage roll. <laughs> that is amazing. There's some really good bakeries in around Auckland. So, um, Catral actually do the best sausage rolls that I've ever had. Catral, yeah, they Yum. do amazing um, sausage rolls, huge. Um, like, if I was going to have, but that would be a treat. So, I don't really have um, cheap meals. I just try and eat, but if I want something, I have it. Like I have um, chocolate or, you know, if I want something like that. I try not to have too many sugars though because it does affect my, um, yeah, my levels. And I sort of just slump after I've had sugar. So it, I know it's not it's not good for me. So I try, I really try not to have much sugars at all. Yeah, mm. even fruit. I don't have a lot of fruit now because of the sugar. Yeah. So oh, it's wow. good sugar. It is yeah, still yeah. good sugar, but um, I just have have come away from that. I used to have a lot of that and that actually only made me hungry. So I do yeah. think there's, it, we're all different again. So it's finding what works for you. Um, I used to have fruit in the morning and then I'd be starving. So I just, I changed that. Now I have eggs and sardines. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, have dairy as well. I have dairy. Yeah. I have a lot of dairy as well. Yeah. It's funny about the fruits because smoothies and green smoothies and all that are a big trend right now. And I, mm. I tried that, um, put up a bit of a peanut butter and all these yeah. fruits. And But honestly, it just made me so hungry. It actually made me put on weight and made me even hungrier. So, yeah. I yes. don't. Uh, yeah. And I think I can't get past the fact of having something in a glass or like a, um, a drink is my meal. I'm like, no, (laughs) this is not a meal. I can't get past that bit. So even if it was really filling, I would still be searching for more food. (laughs) So I have to sort of have, I make a big omelet with some veggies and sardines and goat's cheese and Mm. eggs and everything. And, but it's a big meal, you know, I have a big meal and that you know, I had that this morning and, uh, that's, I'm still not anywhere near hungry. So yeah, it lasts for hours because I have the right food for me. I think there's no real one diet. I think it's, and I try and it's not really a diet. It's just the way I live, you know, but it is important to fuel. For me, food is fuel. So it's like, what do I need to take me into my day or whatever I'm doing, you know? That omelette sounds sounds yum though. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to come over and try it. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much for joining us today um, and sharing yeah. your story. You're so welcome. Um, and if our listeners want to follow your journey, um, where should they follow your journey on? Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Do you have a website? I'm on both. Um, Instagram, my Instagram handle is Kylie Gates Fitness. And um, I am on lesmos.com is my the website and then um just kylie gates through facebook yeah if they want to follow me thank you kylie thank you so much we hope you enjoyed today's conversation please like review or share the podcast with your friends and colleagues if you'd like to follow us you can find us on instagram facebook and linkedin under alexander pr or follow the links in the show notes below until next time thank you for listening